Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Has been hit. Now we can be heard. The button has been hit. Aiden, you found the button, you glorious bastard. Oh, I knew I could find it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lore Lodge official podcast. You are on YouTube or possibly TikTok. If you're still on TikTok, come hang out on YouTube. It's cooler here. We have more fun. Um, But we are joined today by Aram Nasr Khan. Did I get that right? He is aggressively licking that ring pop. Good Lord. The ladies must love you. Um... (laughs) So uh, Aram, why why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Well, I was not prepared for that. That's it? That's all we get? <laughs> all right. So I uh, just to... To, to get into things, you know, right off the bat, I, I, I'm, I'm curious because I don't know much about your background. What, what got you into uh, linguistics and philology and, and started you on your path to studying this stuff? Hang on. Before he answers that, guess who doesn't have audio coming through? Oh, are you kidding me? Naturally. Is it us or him? No, it's us. Not, his, his is not coming through. His isn't coming through. His is not coming through. They can't hear him. Correct. Of course they can't. Of course. Why would anything work properly on this show ever? It's a great question. What do you have the uh, the audio being routed through? Uh, in terms of, uh, well, his audio audio output, Discord or general. No, no, in in Streamlabs. In Streamlabs. Um, audio output capture. So go double click that. Um, now go here. Go to Yeti Sierra microphone. Close it. And. All right, still not. Well, it's about him, right? Yeah, but... Hello. Let's try that. Testing, testing. Oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Properties. Default will do it? Maybe. No, still not. Um. Okay, so let's remove that. Oh, and... I'm gonna go to. You know, we 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 just really wonder why every time there's something, even I, though it should just work. I really don't understand why every single time we somehow like manage to not have the audio working. It's really impressive. But um, all right. Can you, Aram? Can you talk? Hello. Hey, hey now we got him. There we, we got go. Uh, Dive okay. down a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to. But okay, cool. We got it. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna redo that intro. Um, Aram, why don't you reintroduce yourself now that people can hear you? Hello, everyone. My, I am the rat known as Aram Natsorkhan. I'm a linguist, uh, more specifically, a classical philologist who studies ancient languages and posts my educational findings 
on TikTok. I also use that platform as a means of spreading awareness about ancient languages because there's a lot of misinformation and more just general I don't know isms about ancient languages that the public needs to know about. So that's what I'm here for. All right. So uh, that's what I do. Yeah. So to, to get into things, um, as I asked before, but uh, audio wasn't working. Um, how'd you get started on the path to being interested in linguistics? Well, you know, I was uh, sitting under an apple tree one day on a fine summer morning. And I thought to myself, what's the best way for me to get some hose? I pondered that question for many a day, and it came to me, hmm, you know, girls like it when guys can speak ancient Egyptian. I know this because reasons. Um, okay. <laughs> and so I started the path to sort of upgrade my way in order to know all these ancient languages. And I started off with classical Arabic, and then I went on to Latin, and then on to Old English. And eventually, although my path was still on the, on the quest of getting girls, I also unlocked a passion for ancient languages and the study of the literature that's in those languages. And one day on a September evening in 2020, I uploaded a singular video about uh, numbers in languages. Uh, my very first TikTok profile for my very first video. Didn't think anything of it. And then two weeks later, I had like 20,000 followers. That's how it happens. Um, it happens. <laughs> that is that is how it seems to go. Uh, so, um, to my understanding, you don't have uh, what, what we would call like classical education in linguistics. It seems like you're kind of self-taught. Is that correct? Yes. Everything that I ever know about languages, I taught myself. I, I, I read it in books. I studied it in classes. Uh, no, I didn't study it in classes, but I just, I just, I read it in books. I read it online, and I consulted a whole bunch of people. That allows me to get to the understanding where I am today. All right, and I, uh, you know, it's is this something that you would consider, uh, you know, pursuing full time as a, a like, as in like getting a PhD, or is that kind of not where you're, where you're, where you're on track? It's to certainly. It, it, it's certainly um, something that I'm looking forward to uh, to get into academically once I'm in like the right position to do so. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, you know, I'm just gathering my knowledge so that way I can get like a real head start uh, when I do actually go to college. I'm hoping to write my thesis on reconstructed grammatical terms in Old Persian. Um, but yeah, that that's that's how it is. Yep. So. That I, the reconstruction thing is actually a great place to start, I think, because I think one thing that I've found interesting uh, that, that has confused me as, as a historian rather than being a linguist, because I've, I've read a lot of old German and old Norse and old English and all that, um, which I thought it was funny that you said uh, you, you were studying ancient languages to, to get hosed because uh, one of my best friends uh, on a date with uh, his, his father on one of his early dates with, with his mother um, apparently recited an entire bit of the Canterbury Tales to her in the, in the original like 12th century or not 12th century. Was it 12th century? 14th. 14th century. Um, century yeah. Middle English. Exactly. Dialects. Damn, that's impressive that you just yeah. knew that. Um, <laughs> but he recited just portions of the Canterbury Tales to her uh, and she she loved it so women do apparently like that's nothing. languages that's, that's nothing I can recite I can recite Beowulf from memory that's nothing oh god I uh, I did have a professor in college and, who and could do Beowulf from memory it was really cool 
the um, entirety of Beowulf from memory. Like, he could do the entirety of Beowulf from memory. He only did the first uh, the first section for us, basically the first page of the book. But uh, it was it was really cool. It's just one of those things where you're sitting in class. It was an Arthurian uh, literature class, and we were talking about uh, you know the the differences between Arthurian literature and old English literature. And he was going over Beowulf, and we we're like, this is really cool. But how the hell do you pronounce those words? Um, it was really cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, the the reconstruction thing. Um, can you give me the, the cliff notes on how you, you actually take what we have from languages today, what we have written down from the past, and how do you understand, you know, what where did we get to Proto-Germanic, for example? Okay, so I'm not going to do Proto-Germanic, but I'm going to do something, a, a, a language called Proto-Indo-Iranian. Okay. Proto-Indo-Iranian is the Proto-language. Now, for those of you who don't know, Proto-language is a reconstructed common ancestor that linguists have, um, again, reconstructed from the ancestors that that language must have descended from. And we're able to know quite a bit about that language because of various uh, similarities that exist between those languages, uh, be it with sound correspondences, similarities in morphology and syntax, what have you. And by reconstructing and using a method called the comparative method, we're actually able to um, reconstruct what the common ancestor language might have been like. Um, so, for instance, and this allows us to um, actually do some pretty cool stuff with linguistics and in, in terms of like being able to fill in the gaps with uh, ancient languages. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm just drawing up a real quick example right here. You're able to go and feel free to go and talk about um, some other stuff while I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else there would be to talk about. I mean, I, I think uh, one of the most interesting things that I found when I was studying languages, I, I took German in high school, mm -hmm. in college. And uh, I, I would have expected to be able to understand uh, Old English more easily, having having taken really? German. But it's it's incredible. Yeah, because Old English is a Germanic language. It's pure, know, but... purely Germanic. There's no French, no Latin. It, it is purely Germanic. Um, mm. but, so it's... Mm, okay, well... Mm, 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 not really. Okay, so uh, what a lot of people don't feel... Uh, what a lot of people fail to realize about... Um, ancient language like Proto-Germanic is that there was quite a bit of influence um, and there were a lot of loanwords uh, from Latin into Proto-Germanic and that's just because of the fact that there was a lot of exchange between early Germanic tribes such as you know the Heruli, the Visigoths um, and many others um, between those people and the Romans and as such a lot of concepts were exchanged so for instance the word wine in English from Old English wien from uh, Proto-Germanic winon comes from latin wino um so that, that that that's an example that's one of the early um that's an example of an early uh latin loan word and one of like at least like three stages of latin loan words that have been uh influencing english so that's one of the first ones uh you have the proto-germanic stage then you go into the anglo-saxon era and there are some latin loan words that are in old english um so for instance the word seen Mm -hmm. which is where we get the word sign from, from Latin signum, uh, which also means like a face or a sign. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the Enlightenment era after that, which is around like the, you know, like the Middle Ages, or at least the very, very late Middle Ages. Yeah, about 16th, 17th. Um, and, yep. And so we have a lot of Latin uh, words from there to describe a lot of the new scientific things that were being developed during that time. Uh, so things like, signal and you know generational and, and, and stuff like that <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah um no th there's 
no matter at what stage of English you're, you're looking at, there's always going to be at least some Latin influence in, in terms of its like vocabulary. So how do we, but, how do we, uh, you know, differentiate then between uh, these proto languages and what we refer to as old languages? So, um, old, the difference between an, like something that we would call like an old language and a proto language is that proto languages are never written down. Mm -hmm. They just aren't. That's, it's a sort of rule. You don't see a proto language being written down. Meanwhile, old refers to the oldest attested version of that language. All right. And so old English, you know, is starting to be written around, you know, like the fifth century, we get inscriptions like the Unbibrachiate, for instance, mm -hmm. which is what I have tattooed on my arm right here. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the first um, Old English inscriptions. Um, it was basically this Bracteate, this little medallion that you would tie around your neck, and it has runes that says, Huzzah, a uh, feast for kinsmen. Mm -hmm. And it has a relief that depicts uh, the wolf, the she-wolf being uh, suckled on by Romulus and Remus. Um, and so that's that's one of the first instances of Anglo-Saxon writing. And then, of course, it just floundered from there into um, the golden age of Anglo-Saxon literature. So we have people like Bede and, you know, um, Avelstan and Alewulf and Alvrad and a whole bunch of other Al's mm -hmm. uh, in, in Anglo-Saxon history. And then after that, we have 1066, the invasion of the Normans. And we still have some Old English after that. Um, but the people, the scribes um, that were trained as young boys in classical Old English had now died and their practices uh, since faded away. So now there's got to be some new scribal editions that are also have to take into account the ever-increasing evolution of this new early Middle English that is um, now, uh, it, it's hot on the scenes, hot on the trail. You know, things like the Ormulum, which is, this uh, really crucial epic poem that tells us a lot about um, early Midlands Middle English phonology because of the fact that it's very, very uh, faithful in its writing and its reconstruction. Um, so that's a very helpful tool. And then there's things like, you know, like the printing press that help us standardize um, orthography across the, across the country because, you know, every other person and their grandmother has a different way of writing English at this point mm -hmm. because no one else had to spell anything. Uh, um, and then after that, you're getting into the early modern English period. You have some very um, choice sound shifts, like um, the obviously the great vowel shift, where uh, the canonically long vowels of Middle English turn and break into diphthongs um, in various positions uh, into um, modern English. And so with early modern English, you have things like Shakespeare, uh, King James comes after that. Um, you know, and then after that, obviously, you have uh, more understandable English, like Charles Dickens. Um, and then, obviously, that brings us to today with our more colloquial modern English that we speak today. And, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much where we are. So, uh, would we consider, would Shakespeare and the King James Bible, then, be considered uh, Middle English or early, no, it, early it, modern? It's definitely, it's definitely early modern English. Um there are obviously some archaisms in Shakespeare that um, were very much so prolific during the Middle English period, but we know from things like um, rhymes and poetry, and obviously the time period that Shakespeare lived, 
um, that the way that he would have spoken is very unusual for a Middle English speaker um, in, you know, central to northern England, um, which is where he was born during right. that time. But it's very, very typical for an earlier modern English speaker. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very much so still uh, understandable in that sense. Right. All right. So uh, you were you were telling us before we kind of got into the, the old English conversation about how you uh, you're going to give us an example of uh, what, what was it, Proto-Indo-Iranian? Yes. Okay. So um, in, a, in a video that I did, I, I made a video about how if time travel movies were realistic. Um, and that, is, that was a very fun project. It involved me uh, translating into uh, Gothic, Latin, and Old Persian. Um, now, the thing with Old Persian, so for those of you who don't know, Old Persian is the earliest attested form of the Persian language. Um, it's written in its own variants of cuneiform, um, and you mostly find it on the sides of walls and mountains and on, like, palaces and stuff, and it's mainly rural inscriptions. Um, and because of that, there's a lot that needs to be, um, like, filled in through reconstruction. And one of those um, was the word penis. Oh, I needed course. to find the word penis in Old Persian. But for some reason, they didn't write it down. So what's a man to do? Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Something we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to use reconstruction for the sake of memes. So one of the first things that I do whenever I need to go and reconstruct a word in an ancient language is I'll try to see if I can find languages that are very closely related to it. Now, the good thing with Old Persian is that there are a bunch of languages that are related to Old Persian, very closely related, such as Avestan, and that's the language of Zoroastrianism. It's the language of, you know, Ahura Mazda um, and, 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 that, and that religion. And then there's also, of course, Sanskrit, very heavily attested language. There's got to be a word for penis in there. And there is. It's Basna. Oh, sorry. Uh, shit. Basas. <laughs> and that means penis. So basas. Um, and oh, shit. <laughs> and basically, what we can do is we're actually able to analyze the phonological evolution of Sanskrit from Proto-Indo-Iranian um, and use it to reconstruct the Proto-Indo-Iranian word for penis, which is also pasas. And then what we're able to do is we're actually able to um, take the Proto-Iranian word for uh, penis, and then we're actually able to simulate all the sound shifts that that language went as it underwent into Old Persian to get us the Old Persian word for penis, which is basa. And so that's the word that I used uh, in that video. So that, that, that's how we can use our linguistic reconstruction uh, as a means of, of, of making some fucking dang-ass memes, but obviously there are some people more professional than I am that use linguistic reconstruction for other things. Not memes. Such as finding out the early history of early peoples. Mm -hmm. So we can use that, for instance, with the names of gods. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a good example, um, the deity Jupiter. Uh, in Roman mythology. Mm -hmm. Well, you, know, you ever noticed how it kind of sounds similar to uh, the phrase Zeus Pater in Greek? Which Can't means say it. Zeus, Zeus father. Cannot our, say that, uh, that, I, that I knew that, but I will. Or 
or how <laughs> there's a similarity between Jupiter and Gauspiter, which is the name of, an, of, of a Vedic uh, sky god, mm-hmm. or between the Norse god Tyr, um, which is an, an, another, at that point, minor god, but at mm-hmm. one point served a major purpose. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the names of all those gods are cognate with each other, mm-hmm. meaning that they evolve from a common ancestor. And if we actually take a look at the mythology that's around those gods, we see some similarities. Mm-hmm. They have something to do with the sky. They have something to do with thunder and lightning. They are a father, in a sense. They are a sky father. And so if we sky. use something called the comparative method to find all of these similarities between the names and the uh, legends that are associated with these attested gods, we're actually able to come up with a uh, reconstructed Proto-Indo-European, as it's called, Sky Father, mm-hmm. that's actually, we're actually able to reconstruct a mythology that surrounds it just from looking at the linguistic evidence. And it's very, very cool stuff. Mm-hmm. If you guys um, have like the ability to do so, I highly recommend this one book that uh, came out uh, around 10 years ago, it's called The Horse, The Wheel, and Language. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. It goes into all sorts of like early Indo-European uh, archaeology and um, like anthropology and linguistics and all that stuff. And it allows us to uh, better understand what, the, what these early Indo-European peoples believed in mm-hmm. and how their culture was, despite the fact that they never wrote anything down. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting stuff. So yeah, The Horse, The Wheel, and Language, um, highly recommend it. But yeah, that's... That's Indo-European linguistics for you. So uh, I don't know how much how much you know. I know you focus more, it seems, on like Egypt and the Middle East in terms of uh, a lot of this. But uh, one of the one of the bigger more what one of the things that interests me in terms of uh, language is the differences between the Celtic languages and the Germanic languages um, because uh-huh. they seem rather significant, but they considering their proximity, they must be related in some way. Correct? Yes. Yes, they're both Indo-European languages. So where where did the split, I guess, between um, Germanic, Celtic, and, uh, you know, Latin Greek come from? So it's a bit of an unknown, kind of a fun fact for all of you, but Celtic languages are more related to Italic languages like Latin mm-hmm. than they are to Germanic languages like English and Gothic. Mm-hmm. So, um, Celtic and Italic languages like Latin form this like super family called Italo-Celtic, mm-hmm. and that's just a branch of Indo-European. Um, now, in terms of when the split started, so at that we're going to have to go around six thousand years back to the future, six to eight thousand years ago, um, in Ukraine, and we're going to have to analyze um, a a burial mound culture called the Yamnaya culture. Mm-hmm. Now, the Yamnayas were very uh, quirky girl boss culture because um, they were, and we can say this with definitiveness, they were the first peoples to use wheels in vehicles. Now, mm-hmm. granted, there were cultures, you know, both in the old and new world that mm-hmm. utilized wheels in some fashion. You know, we have water wheels and Mesoamerica, for instance. Mm. But the thing is, is that wheels, they're very situational in their use. You know, you're not going to be expecting to find 
you know, an Incan civilization to use wheels because the terrain is very rugged. Mm -hmm. There's no animals to pull the wheels and who gives a fuck? So yeah, it was a very situational thing for the Indo-Europeans to use wheels because they had horses, Mm -hmm. they had wagons, they had smooth terrain that they could use to actually use the wheels on. So why not use wheels? Mm -hmm. Um, Celtic society, if I remember correctly, was uh, one of the earliest markers of Celtic society was that they had war wagons in their burials. Um, like in the the middle bronze age if i remember correctly continue i'm not an archaeologist <laughs> we got we got to pop in the the little bits and pieces of context for the viewer you know <laughs> yes that was very, very much needed so um now these people these yamnayas these indo-europeans um, spoke Proto-Indo-European, which is the common ancestor, as we all know, to the languages that we're also familiar with today, such as Latin, Greek, Irish, Old English, Gothic, um, Afrikaans, Hittite, Old Persian, Sanskrit, Russian, Farsi. Um, there's a whole bunch of others that I'm not going to name because there's like 200 million different Indo-European languages spoken across the entire world, so I'm not going to go mention them all. But Proto-Indo-European was the common ancestor to all of them. And the people who spoke them were called the Indo-Europeans, and they used these wheeled wagons and chariots to go and travel across all of Eurasia and into places like Western Europe, into places like Iran, and into places like India. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get the big split. We have this split between, you know, the sort of Western Indo-European languages and the Eastern Indo-European languages. Um... But at that point, you know, we, we don't have a split between Celtic and Germanic quite yet. That comes, you know, when we f- first start to see um, the migration westward into Europe, but not quite into Europe yet, um, but sort of like in still like the Ukraine area. And that's where we start to see the split between Celtic and Germanic. Now, the Celts, they were the first people, they were the first Indo-Europeans to go into Europe. But they weren't the first people in Europe. There were a bunch of pre-Indo-European peoples that were in Europe. Places, peoples like the Etruscans and the uh, Basque people and the Minoans. You know, these guys, they were hunter-gatherers in the sense. They had, um, you know, very advanced, like, bronze weapons. You know, they had seafaring. They had all that. But thing is, they didn't have really clock-clock weapons, things, wagons. Mm-hmm. So they got fucked. Um, <laughs> they got fucked hard. Uh, by these, like, Chad Indo-Europeans, right? And so, eventually, as the centuries went on, their languages stopped being spoken, and now all we have left is Basque. So, so to be clear... Yeah, and Basque is interesting. Um, To be clear, uh, Etruscans, then, are not Indo-European. They're pre-Indo-European. Yes. Uh, The Etruscans were a pre-Indo-European society that lived in Italy... Alongside the Romans, Romans thought that they were the big guys. You know, they were they were the Chads, mm-hmm. and they adopted their writing from them. They adopted the Etruscan alphabet from those guys, and that eventually evolved into the Latin alphabet that we all see today. Good stuff. So, um, eventually, however, you know, the Roman Empire grew in power um, because one guy threw another guy off a cliff, um, and that's how Rome started, apparently. And so now the Etruscans are like, "Oh shit! Now we're fucked," mm-hmm. and you know, now the last, uh, I think the last Etruscan speaker was Claudius. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when he was about to take the bucket, he was like, okay, I'm going to make a dictionary of Etruscan. And it's going to be great. It's going to last through the centuries. And it's going to provide a very valuable resource for linguists in the future. He was very much wrong. It is now lost <laughs> time. We do, know not where, we do not know where it is. Uh, very unfortunate for us. We so, lost your uh, we lost your video. Just a just a heads up. Um, did, did you lose the audio? We did not lose the audio. You're still there on audio. Um, okay. Yeah. So so then would would the Etruscan language and the Latin language be similar? No, there, okay. there is no That's... reason for them to be similar at all, and they were not similar on a phonological, on a morphological, on a syntactic level at all. No, they were very much so different languages. That is just fascinating that two cultures could be that close together. And I mean, literally within miles of each other and not have, you know, significant overlap. And I mean, it kind of makes sense when you look at, for example, like, uh, um, you know, Welsh and Welsh and Irish, which, of course, Irish, we believe that the Irish came from somewhere outside of the British Isles, which is something the Irish do not like when you tell them that, by the way. They do not like it when you tell them that the Irish were a later migration. Mm. into the British Isles. Uh, I, I got, you remember, I caught a lot of flack mm. over the summer when I said uh, the Irish royal families and they were like, we don't have a royal family. Like, that was a terrible Irish accent, but you get my point. Um, yes. Fascinating. Uh, fascinating set of things. Um, don't be talking about Irish things that Irish people don't like. Exactly, exactly. You feel me. But, uh, Aram, right. so, um, with uh, getting back into kind of the the main focus of what you talk about uh, in the videos I've seen, at least, um, Egypt. Uh, ancient Egyptian, um, clearly a much different language than uh, than Greek, than Latin. Uh, it, it, what, what would you say is, uh, I guess, the most... What was it in, in closest proximity to, I guess, in terms of cognates? Egypt, Egyptian is the earliest attested Afro-Asiatic language. Mm-hmm. Afro-Asiatic languages are languages that are spoken in places like North Africa, in East Africa, and in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It includes languages like Egyptian and Coptic, and which forms its own little branch of, uh, of, of, of Afro-Asiatic, but also includes languages that are native to North Africa, such as the various uh, Tamazik, or if you want to use a more dated term, the Berber languages. Mm-hmm. Um, it also includes the uh, languages like Hausa, which you probably don't know what that is. No one cares about Hausa. People cared about it a thousand years ago, but now no one cares about Hausa. So we're just going to go and put it in a box and leave it there. And now talk about the Semitic languages, which are another branch of Afroasiatic. You know about the Semitic languages. It includes yes. languages like Akkadian and Arabic and Hebrew, Hebrew and Amharic and Ge'ez and a whole bunch of others that you don't care about. So... Um, but Egyptian was the first attested Afroasiatic language, and it was a very fun little language, and, you know, it got standardized during the Middle Kingdom, which was, like, around, like, 1700 BC, um, and it remained the classical language of Egypt until around 400 AD, when it started to be replaced by Coptic and all of its dialects, Mm -hmm. and that continued to be spoken until around, like, the 16th century um, when it finally got snuffed out by Egyptian Arabic, which mm-hmm. was arriving on the scene in Egypt after the Caliphate took it over, alongside with the rest of North Africa. And, yeah, so that, that's basically how that little branch of Afro-Asiatic uh, died out, unfortunately. So, 
So when it comes to, uh, obviously, you said it's the earliest attested language. What, how old are the earliest, like, Egyptian writings? The earliest complete sentence in Egyptian, I think, if I had to remember off the top of my head, was 29... 2900 BC. Let me see if I can find it. I have it written down somewhere. But we can find it on this like ruined, busted up piece of shit pottery shard. Where most ancient um, writings are found. And it's talking. Okay. I'm sorry. I said where most ancient writings are found. <laughs> yeah, it was just found on this busted up piece of shit pottery shard. And it was just talking about. Uniting the upper and lower kingdoms. Sorry, I have it right here. Uh, it says, which means he has united the two lands for his son, the ghoul, the dual king, Perib Sen. Mm-hmm. And yep, that's around from 2690 BC. So, yeah. Fascinating. That's, that's so old. <laughs> that is so insanely old. And so, but, but, um, Sumerian, that's another, oh, shit. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Uh, Sumerian is another very old language. Uh, it is attested from 3000 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the language of the Epic of Gilgamesh. And that's the language that has, like, all those little fucking triangles um, yeah. all over the place. You know about, you know, you know of Sumerian. You do yeah. not care enough about Sumerian to know anything about it. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So I did find your, your video on uh, cuneiform very interesting. Um, yes. Because there's another fun little writing system. We love uh, it so much. And, and is it cuneiform or cuneiform? Because I used to say cuneiform and then I had a linguist correct me and tell me it was cuneiform. It can be whatever you want. Oh, okay, fair enough. I guess it is that old. That it, yeah. Um, so, I, and and if I remember, I always thought of cuneiform as a as a uh, Sumerian language, whereas you were talking about, uh, I believe, Hittite cuneiform. Hittite, cuneiform. yes. Yeah. So, uh, cuneiform was a language was a writing system that was used to write a whole bunch of languages. Um, the first of them being Sumerian. And then the most used among them, believe it or not, Sumerian was not the most well-attested cuneiform language. That belongs to Akkadian, which is a Semitic language, again, related to Arabic, Hebrew, Maltesian, who gives a fuck about those languages. But um, uh, cuneiform was mostly written to write down Akkadian, and that Akkadian... uh, a system of writing cuneiform influenced other languages that would later be written in cuneiform, such as Hittite and Hurrian and Elamite. Um, now, Hittite and Elamite are very early Indo-European languages, and Hurrian is just sort of its own thing that got influenced uh, by Sanskrit um, horse lord gods um, in some of its texts about how you train horses. But anyways, that's that's a story for another time. But yes, no. Uh, cuneiform was used to write down just a whole bunch of languages from around the 31st century BC to around the 2nd century AD. And after that, it was kind of lost because who gives a fuck about these triangles? And then we had to go and uh, decipher it with basically nothing to help us, and we just did it in like 100 years because humans are smart people. Well, some of them. Yeah. (laughs) We Uh know. 
so and, and to be clear, uh, it's it's not a phonetic writing system, right? It's a. Um, it is. It is. Yes. Oh. It's it's what is known as a uh, logo syllabary, which means that some signs represent syllables, and all signs represent logograms. So. And what is a logogram? A logogram is basically where one sign represents one word. Uh, let me go and give you an example. Uh, I have a sample text right so, here. So kind of like Chinese, right? Like Mandarin? Yeah, yeah. okay. So, for instance, um, we have uh, a Sumerian uh, sample text right here. I don't know if the audience can see it. Um, it can. says Enlil Lugal. And basically what this says here is this is Enlil is a personal name, and it's made up of the uh, determiner uh, which is dingir, which means that this word right here, okay, so that we know it's a god. Basically, this sign right here means that this name is a god. And then these two signs right here, ain and lil, are phonetic signs, meaning that you read them, like, as phonetically. So this, this sign represents the syllable ain, this one represents the syllable lil, and so you read it as en lil, mm -hmm. and that's a name. Uh, but then this word right here, lugal, I oh gosh, I know that the screen is really makes it really terrible to uh, read it, but Just quick, this one right here, Luca. Yeah, we, we still don't have video from you. Oh shoot! Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. <laughs> you're fine. I must be acting like a complete buffoon. No, basically, you're fine. no, you're good. Basically, some signs can represent individual syllables. Other signs represent like hints that give a meaning to the word. Those are called determiners, and you mm -hmm. can see that in hieroglyphs as well. And then other signs represent entire words. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I said before, I did not know that my video was still off. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a big deal at all. Um, oh. But, yeah, no, it, um, most writing systems have this sort of trend of starting off as logographic because, I mean, you know, why wouldn't early peoples think of language as just individual words and not as sounds that you can, like, you know, like write down no one no one thinks of language like that that is very much so a taught thing right no one no one thinks of it like that um people think of it people think of language as just words and so right. when you try to you know make writing you think oh i'm just going to write down the words right. not the individual like sounds that make up those words and so every time that language has been made that sorry not language every time that writing has been developed um whether it's uh, Crete in, in, in Greece or in Egypt or in Mesopotamia or in India or in China or in Mexico or in North America. It always starts off logographically. So, right. yeah. So, um, and then as the, um, as more and more people are getting into this, this writing thing, they're like, okay, well, we're not, oh, sorry. Can no, you no. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry about that. No worries. Um, so as, you know, as more and more people start to get into this writing thing, they're like, okay, well, this is fucking bullshit. I'm not going to learn like 3,000 different signs that mean like each, that each mean like a different thing. Right. How about I use one sign to represent a single syllable or like a single letter? And that's exactly what they did. This is what happened in Egypt. You know, some of their signs got turned into individual letters. And this is what happened in Mesopotamia, where individual cuneiform signs now stand for uh, syllables. Mm -hmm. And that's how it evolved from a purely logographic system into a logo syllabary that was now used to write down a whole bunch of languages.
So, yeah. So that's how we got into the phonetic alphabet. That's yes. Um, yes, yes, very much so. I, I think I'm on a little bit of a delay. Do you mind if I leave the call real quick and then just come back? Uh, it'll be yeah, like two it. seconds, I promise. Go for it. All right, I'll be. I'll... And he's gone. <laughs> and I guess it's just us for a little bit, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. For a moment. We'll see when he gets back. Uh, do no, we... I'm back. Oh, man, he's back. And he's oh, back. boy. That was, that was, that was really quick. Fast. Oh my god, and we have video again. We Fantastic. Video again. Wonderful. Okay, you missed your beautiful good. face. Now, now, now I can show off the same. <laughs> we, had, we had a weird little uh, cutting out there going on. It was really funny. <laughs> so what are we, what are we looking at here? inscription that was found on a small clay challenge 24... 2400 BC, this is an inscription by Antenema of Lagash. And so the first uh, four signs here demonstrate perfectly what cuneiform is all about. So it says, Enlil Lugal Gurkurra. So this first, so this first word here represents the name Enlil. Which is basically uh, the name. Now, this is the sign for God. We're having a really weird audio glitch here. Yeah, I think your connection might be a little spotty at the moment. A bit of a spotty connection. Terminer. <laughs> I just... that, was, that was very entertaining. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No worries, don't worry about it. It's really, like this, we do not take the show so seriously <laughs> that would be that we would be angry about that. Yeah, no, not a chance. <laughs> but do okay. now. Now that we can hear you properly, explain what you were trying to explain while also showing us. <laughs> All right, I'll just start over. Okay, okay. So basically, um, I I was explaining how. Uh, the names of gods in Sumerian and as well as in places in languages like Akkadian and Hittite are usually preceded by this sign. Right, can you see this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. can you, you can see all this. Okay, perfect. So this is the sign which represents uh, uh, the name of a god. Um, it can be used for the word god as it is used right here, dingir. Um, but in this case, it's used as a hint to say that these two signs here, the En and Lil, are referring to Enlil, which is the name of a Sumerian god. And we see this also in this inscription right here for the goddess Ishtaran, um, which is a, a, de a deity, um, and it's also preceded by this sign, the Dingir. Uh, right? No, that's Ishtar. Yeah, that's, that's Ishtar. That's, that's, that's a, a different. That's a different uh, person. Wow. But yeah, this is just a small little um, insight into how cuneiform works. If you want a bit more of a detailed explanation, go and like watch my YouTube, watch my, watch my TikTok content. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, link in bio. Yeah, quick, quick plug for that. Uh, it's, it, the current one is Aram dot Natsorchan, right? Yes. The, the backup, uh, and which... The spam accounts, and then the spam account that I post all of my schizo posts is just that, but without the dot. Yeah, which everybody, everybody should absolutely go follow both of those. It's uh, for those watching still on TikTok. That is uh, Arum, which is A-R-U-M dot uh, Natsorhang, which is N-A-T-Z-O-R-K-H-A-N-G, correct? Well done. 
Very good. Well yes. done. And the spam account is uh, the same thing without the dot. So, quick little plug. Well done. I learned quickly. Clearly. I'm mm-hmm, impressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Special like that. <laughs> My mommy said so. I was going to uh, say, he's, he's very, very good. I am a special boy. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I think I think my last uh, my last thing that I want to get into here because we we gotta have a little bit of fun with the uh, you know the the TikTok drama and whatnot and in our last you know what are we at in the last fifteen minutes yes. uh, before questions just really quick uh, you know obviously uh, you you played a part in um, Mini Minuteman's uh, archaeological Avengers you wanna you wanna tell us uh, what what your segment was and how you how you got roped into all that because that is what led to I believe you getting your account banned briefly. So, I, I, I just want to go and say, first off, that I had no intentions of making any sort of video about Mom Lenial. She was not worth my time. I had better things to do. Um, the only reason I made a video was because Milo asked me to. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me over Instagram DMs, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, you're she a, valuable, crazy. You're, you're a valuable asset, you know? Whatever. I guess. You got you know, some cool knowledge. Whatever. Again, it's... I, I, I didn't want to go crazy. I didn't want to go mm. and make like five different videos or like ten different videos. Or 34 you know, different videos. I, <laughs> yeah. It's good go. content, man. So, it's good content. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it, I wouldn't say that it's good content. It's certainly content, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. The people like um, it. But no... I, I made like one video on it and then I just sort of sort of dropped it and then Milo asked me to like partake in this whole archaeological Avengers type thing and I was like, okay, sure, I'll do that. And so I made a video talking about Latin. Now, I guess her main point was that Latin was made up in the fifteen hundreds by the Roman Catholic Church. And I was like, Yep. Okay, well let's let's go and address that. So there are some words in Latin that come from languages that the medieval world would not have known about, um, like Egyptian and Etruscan, mm-hmm. um, that one language that I was talking about, very pre-Indo-European language. Um, these were languages that the medieval world would not have known about, and it also would have been weird for them to have words of those origins in this language they were making up for some reason. Um, so that was, that's one of the big tells that you can know that this language has ancient origins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another point I brought up was that if Latin really was made up, then the guy or the people who made it did a phenomenal job of making it very, very similar to uh, very early Indo-European languages like Hittite, Old mm-hmm. Persian, Ancient Greek, and Sanskrit. Very, very well done on, on their part. I, I, I congratulate them sincerely for, for doing such a great job. You got to commend um, those, uh, those monks. <laughs> honestly, the complete geniuses. Um, but unfortunately doing that would have required them knowing about fields of science that wouldn't have become a thing for like another three to 400 years. So unfortunately for them, you know, they were ahead of their time, but they just, I guess they just weren't appreciated. So <laughs> that's, that's clear. That what it was, that and then um and then yeah that that was that was pretty much it so yeah um did, did you contribute to uh to the youtube video he's putting together 
Yeah, I, I, I made a clip that basically summarized everything that I just said. Right. Um, I don't know why he hasn't uploaded it. I by think now, he's waiting. Gosh. He's waiting on a few people. Um, I think. Uh, uh, waiting on a few people. I think he's waiting on Archaea Wolf. Uh, there was another, another uh, academic. I think from from the uh, the history side of things that he was waiting on as well. Um, I don't know who else, okay. but. Uh, I think that's why it's why it's held up is just a few a few pieces aren't there yet. Um, which this time of year is yeah, you know, especially which, for which academics. Brings, which brings me like to this next part. Okay, so the whole like drama thing has like kind of passed now. The mm -hmm. climax is we are no longer in the climax of this whole situation. I gotta ask you, looking back you feel like you did maybe just a little bit too much? Like, not even you know, a little this, bit. I know that. I know. I know. I know. She's wrong. She's no, it's wrong. not about that. It's not about that at all. No, she's just trying to. She's, she's obviously wrong um, about literally everything. Also, interestingly, it's just now hitting YouTube, this whole thing. Um, I've seen a bunch of videos in the last week or so on YouTube that are doing everything um, that, that uh, Milo and I and Sakuyi and all these other people did. Uh, you know, earlier in the month and at, at the end of November when this was all kind of like at, at a fever pitch. But from from a social media marketing perspective, um, I have no regrets. Uh, it, you know, things like that come along. You got to seize the opportunity and, you know, strike while the iron's hot. The, the goal is to is to take a trend like that and um, you know, ride, ride it to its peak and then allow it to dissipate. If you're if you're planning to do social media and content creation as as a career, at least. Um, if you're not planning to do that, making one or two videos to cash in, maybe get yourself a couple extra thousand followers, good. But if you're if your goal is to really grow your platform and um, you know end up in a spot where you're you're looking at like brand deals and stuff, and um, you know doing endorsements on YouTube and whatnot, uh, that's you know that's mm -hmm. that's kind of like part part of it was it, it was kind of a three prong thing. On the one hand, I I really was irritated with her for being that that confident about being that wrong. Another hand was good for the algorithm. People liked it. People liked the content and people were asking me to keep going. So I was like, okay, I'll keep going. Uh, and, and third, it was fun. Like just genuinely, I enjoyed making those videos. Um, and, and it really, it showed to me how many people are genuinely interested in learning about history who maybe didn't have very good history teachers in high school. Um, so being able to kind of fill that role was, was fun. Um, you know, it reignited a passion. That yeah. I so I, during going back, brand deals and such and like YouTube stuff, I can understand. And if you know TikToker, you know I. I it, it, it seems I don't know. I'm not you. You know, like I'm not yeah. in your shoes or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird that an educational TikToker is trying to like chase clout in that way. Now I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I, I chase clout every now and then I make videos that, you know, I, I know we're going to get popular, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just never really thought of it like that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't know. I, I have a long-term goal here, uh, which I see all of this as uh, a stepping stone to that. And that's to actually provide a, um, a free or at the very least uh, low cost educational platform um, to people who are interested in learning um, 
which obviously there's stuff out there. There's like Khan Academy and uh, Masterclass and whatnot. But uh, the the ultimate goal is to create something that is broad and has a lot of people working on it, and people can just hop on YouTube and for literally the price of watching a thirty second ad, um, you know, get get an accessible yet high caliber, high quality history lesson. And that's where I want to. That's where I want to take things eventually. Um, and if, if part of that is engaging in some TikTok trends and some, some drama to, uh, bump up the, the YouTube numbers, uh, by, you know, using the, the TikTok side of things as kind of a commercial, that's how I look at it. Um, you know, if, if I got to participate in some of the more lowbrow stuff to get there and fulfill that, that goal, then it's worth it in my opinion, but that's just, that, that may just be me. That's how I'm looking at it. Oh, I mean, yeah, sh yeah, sure. You know, I mean, whatever you got to do, I guess, to get to that goal. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, from the very beginning, I did not care at all for the mom millennial drama. I just, I just have better things to do with my time. Uh, you know, dunking on a random woman online who is very obviously a troll. Um, I disagree. Is <laughs> You would be surprised at, at, at just the lengths that people will go to to maintain their trolldom. But, you know, it, it, maintaining and, and engaging with that type mm -hmm. of person is just, it's not worth the effort, really. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, she, if she's trolling, she's been consistently trolling at the same level for 15 years, which, if that is what it is, I'm honestly impressed. Like, right if that is years, I don't know if she's yeah. on TikTok. No, no, years. but she's been writing. She's been writing for like BuzzFeed and online blogs and newsletters since like 2005. So she's been doing this for okay. 15, 16, 17 years, I guess now. Um, so if she is trolling, it's it's a long term, very in depth troll, and I'm impressed. But uh, I, well, honestly, you know, I think she's just a bad person. Trolls, <laughs> there's trolls who do. That there, there are True. trolls, you know, who, who maintain this sort of just online presence of being just completely wrong, just for the sake of having just like a whole bunch of white knights try and like be like, I'm um, actually over the internet because mm -hmm. they just enjoy it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know, she is just a nut. Who knows? And honestly, who really cares? She's one of hundreds. She just happens to have a platform, yeah. and it's only grown because people like you are making videos about her. So. She shrank. She shrank. I will defend myself She's in that what? way. She had 98,000 uh, when we started. She's down down to 95.7. There was a weird little thing that happened. Um, she went from 98 down to 94.5, and now she's back up to 95.7. I don't know what's going on, but since I stopped, she's gotten more popular again. Um, and then I okay. started making videos again. She lost followers again. So the way I'm looking at it, I must be doing something right. you know. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact okay. of how exact your numbers for her are. I, dude, I told you, I'm like you're deep in it. Yeah, and you're deep in it. Also, I'm just you know, I'm a special boy, uh, <laughs> as we know. Uh, but it he is like he does have a good memory. <laughs> it is it is I'm, approximately eight p.m. So uh, that makes it time for super chats. Yes, it does. Murdering the the follower numbers of just a random TikTok user isn't that? It's isn't just that a, kind of sad. It's just a photographic yeah, memory thing. It's just a photographic memory thing. Um, yeah. I can do it with dates, too. Um, I've gotten to the point. I'm starting to be able to do it with Bible verses. And that's, right. that's sure. exciting. That's a fun one. Because that um, there's yeah. a lot of those. 
Uh, <laughs> yes, and not to the point where I can be like, ah, yes, uh, Isaiah fifty three seven says, but where I'm like, somebody will recite something, and I'm like, oh, that's Deuteronomy thirteen nine or like whatever. Yeah. You, you get my point. Um, It'll but, be cool once you get to the point where you can say. I don't know that I will right. ever get to that point. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool if you could at least for a number of them, because when people can just quote shit, like, I know John three sixteen. Oh, what's that? <laughs> uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Um, there you go. That's, that's the one. that's the one that everybody has like written down somewhere. Uh, there's also the one from uh, Corinthians that gets read at uh, at weddings. But it is approximately 8 p.m. here on the East Coast, which means it is time for super chats. So we will be answering questions uh, from the audience. Those can be directed at myself. They can be directed at Tech Aiden or at Aram. Uh, so we will be opening the uh, opening the field to that. Aiden, what do we got? We did have two much earlier. I hope they're still there. Uh, let's see. Oh, we had three earlier. So the first one was from Jive Money for one ninety nine. Sub Jive, very much Jive. Uh, Aiden, are you going to join the Minecraft tonight? <laughs> it's not related. Not related um, at all. Possibly, possibly. It would probably be much later. I've got to go to the gym still because I'm getting fat. Yeah, it happens. And then uh, Commander Canada for $5 said, I shot about 500 bucks worth of shotgun shells this week. Also watching this before a date, so I sound smarter than I am. <laughs> Those are in entirely unrelated, but uh, I wish you well. Uh, as we know, as as was said by, by Aram earlier, uh, you know... Uh, Hoes love linguistics. Yes. We can confirm that that is in fact true yeah. at this point, thanks to Aram. Uh, next is from uh, Nathaniel McCoy for $10. That's a new name. Uh, it is a new name. Saying, been busy with work lately, but finally got to catch the stream. We're hey. glad you did. We're glad you're here. Uh, let's see, what's next? We got anything more? Uh, uh, Shin Jeremy 333 for four ninety nine says... Let's go Brandon exclamation point oh with an arrow pointing next to it saying, not trolling like the lady who isn't trolling. All right. So there, there's trolling, non-trolling, and meta-trolling going on at the moment. We do it in trolling. Apparently. Um, and then uh, the most recent one is from Pro Problematic Farmer for $10 saying, oh, thank you. Minecraft tonight? Question mark? They really want us on the Minecraft server tonight. They really do, I mean, apparently. I guess, uh, I guess we got to go on the Minecraft server tonight. I told them I'd be in VC on the drive home. Uh, we have some people in town at my place, so I don't know if I'll definitely be able to be on Minecraft tonight unless it's later, later. These are not linguistic hoes. Uh, no, no, these are, these are... Regular hoes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, any, anybody else in there? Uh, Commander Canada just put in for $2 saying, buying the Minecraft IP right now, let me in, please. Uh, I think that's Play partially Minecraft. because he's no longer in the Discord. Yes, yes. we have a uh, we have a Minecraft. We have a Minecraft server now. You're more than welcome. To You're join. more than welcome to join. Um, I will give you your own kingdom in the realm. Uh, uh, oh, we got one from Glass for seven dollars. An interesting donation. Interesting number. number. Uh, my favorite Bible verse is Galatians four sixteen. The modern way to say it is, "Don't boo me because I'm right and made you look like a fool." Well, see, now i got to look up what the, the KJV of Galatians, what did you say, 416? 416, yes. Oh, boy. Um, does anybody have questions for Aram? Because you can ask us about Minecraft anytime, but you can't ask linguistics questions anytime. Correct. So let's get some uh, let's get some questions for Aram if we can, while we're looking for yeah. Galatians 416 so we can know the reference. Oh, boy. Um, that is, am I therefore your enemy because I tell you the truth? <laughs> 
So. <laughs> I love, I love the "Why are you booing me?" I'm right reference yeah. for that. <laughs> well, wait, 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 and it's but it's even more thorough than that. It's don't boo me because I'm right and made you look like a fool. That's what Glass said. Also problematic farmer for $20 just said, feeling generous tonight. I love you, boys. We love you right back. Thank you. Problematic you farmer. Sorry, I was experiencing a bit of technical difficulties. Were there any uh, questions that I wasn't able to answer from Super Chat? Not yet. Not Are there yet. any non-Super Chat questions for Arm? Um, for Arm, uh, how do I start learning? Uh, oh, so this uh, might be right up your alley. Uh, one says, how do I start learning and what can I use to learn Acadian? Um, a really good resource that I recommend, uh, this is actually what I used to, um, to start learning the language, or at least a little bit about the language. Um, this is, you know, Irvin Finkel, the, the famous, like, Assyriologist who's, like, in the British Museum. Uh, this is what he used. Um, they're called books. Highly recommend them. Uh, very good resource. Any specific um, books. They have a lot of nutritional value if you eat them. Um, Please don't eat books. I, no, <laughs> eat books. Sigma male grind sit, eat books. Um, no, unfortunately, so my specialties uh, are in Indo-European linguistics, so unfortunately, you know, Semitic languages like Akkadian, although I know a lot about them, I'm not too well-versed in them. Um, if you want to learn a cuneiform Indo-European language, like Hittite, for instance, which is <clears throat> much, much better language, in my opinion, uh, much better language. I highly recommend Theo van den Hout's The Elements of Hittite. It's a very good um, little book here. It's got like uh, fucking 200 pages, uh, and it's structured into individual lessons that are very user-friendly, um, and they just go into the grammar and, you know, straight into the inscriptions, and it's very, very good. If you want something a bit more uh, big boy, you know, something like that, a bit of a thicker, uh, thicker gal, I highly recommend A Grammar of the Hittite Language by uh, Harry A. Hoffman Jr. and H. Craig Melkert. It's a very good resource for learning Hittites. Uh, so just abandon all these silly little dreams of yours of learning Akkadian. It's a stupid, useless language. You're not going to use it in the real world. Learn Hittite instead of a very useful language. Because you're going to use Hittite in the real world. <laughs> I'm going to use Hittite in the world. I'm going to be um, I'm I'm going to be uh, opening this website pretty soon. Uh, That's where pretty me cool. Me and another Assyriologist are me and another Assyriologist. It's basically just going to be like a more like uh, I guess you could say a higher class version of Fiverr, where we're going to just going to be able to go and take in requests for uh, being able to translate into ancient languages. Um, so far, we have let's see here. The languages that we have available are Akkadian, Etruscan, Gothic, Hittite, Latin, Old English, Old Persian, Sumerian, and Classical Chinese. However, the site is not yet public. There's still a lot of kinks that we have to work through, but once it's public, I'll be sure to go and, and announce it to my channel so that way people can give me money. Money is so useful these and days. And they can give me money. It is. Um, I do, I do have a question. Have a I do have a question for you, Ar. Okay. Um, okay. So... There is, uh, I cannot off the top of my head remember the name of the professor. There's a lecture uh, um, based around a, a book he had written that was uh, 1177, The Year the World Collapsed, I think is the name of the lecture. Um, and it's about the Bronze Age collapse and how uh, Ramses, the, the second, I believe, um, was uh, in, in his, his well, I don't know if it was him writing, it probably was the scribe, but uh, in the history of his reign, 
uh, it, it talks about the, the Sea Peoples um, and uh, names the, their, their origins, but we don't, we don't seem to know what exactly the origins were, but uh, as a linguist, maybe you can help with this. Um, uh, for example, one of them was uh, Shekelesh, and one was Peleset. Uh, do you have any thoughts on where, where these terms might have come from? Well, something that we have to realize is that Mechalesh and Peleset are using a pronunciation of Egyptian that is very much so artificial. Mm -hmm. um, it's using something called the Egyptological pronunciation, which arose out of the 19th century out of a need for Egyptologists to be able to pronounce Egyptian amongst their colleagues mm -hmm. because Egyptian did not write down their vowels. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these are basically just approximates to approximates of pronunciations. And so we're going to have to go and work with a lot more than just what they wrote down in order to figure out the actual names of these places. And mm -hmm. even then, I can't really help because I'm not a historical geographer. Mm -hmm. I am merely a philologist. Gotcha. And so I don't really, I don't really study that sort of thing. It's not within my area of expertise. Yeah, the, they seem to... Uh, the, they were suggesting that it might have, some of them might have been Sardinian and uh, Peliset may have referred to the Philistines. Um, but I, I just I was curious if you had any input on that. Um, but yeah, uh, so are are there further? There are yes. Uh, mega chats. Uh, one of them is from Jive Money Seven for five dollars. Thank you, Mr. Jive. He says, Aiden, can you tell them about what happened to the villagers in the server? Uh, Jive committed war crimes. That is what happened to the villagers in the Minecraft server. Jive? Careful. Moving on. Uh, Glass of Water said, uh, for $14, thank you very much, Thank Glass. you, Glass. Uh, it says, uh, Aram, sir, please do not speak my name like that. I looked around for my mother because of you. Even the old gods feel fear. Uh, but your name uh, isn't of course. actually I get, I get Glass. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I get comments like that all the time on my videos whenever I pronounce ancient languages. Like, oh, you know, you made my you made a fucking table move. Or like, oh, you've got all these <laughs> chairs floating in the air and shit. Yeah, it I, it I do does it sound time. often like you're speaking some sort of demonic incantation, but... Mm -hmm. Valid. As we all know, I mean, demons I mean, don't speak ancient Egyptian. They speak Latin. For some mm -hmm. reason. Do you want to know? Oh, there is a reason. Absolutely, is a reason, um, and it's it's unfortunately rather boring. It's simply because of the fact that Latin was used um, for the spells that that would have been used in order to summon demons, and and the reason why Latin was chosen was because it was the language that every educated young man knew True. in the early Middle Ages. And unfortunately, that's 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 the long and short of it. That's all. I'd, yeah, it's it's really a it's a lingua franca thing. It's not really a like that Latin especially summons demons. Mm. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, the next one is from Is for five dollars. Thank you very much. Thank Liz. you. She says, "Mild relevance, shocker, I know. Not a question. I just love this stream. The feral energy has been delicious. Ten out of ten guest joys. <laughs> Thank you. So we're glad oh, we're, we're glad you guys are enjoying Arum. Yes." There, there, are, there are many people who enjoy Arum. Um, there are so many people who enjoy Arum, in fact, that there is a person in my DMs who wants to pay for my feet pics. Um, uh, you did say that. Five pop. I, sent, well, that's I sent you a screenshot of that chat. It was, yeah. tell you what, easiest $5 I ever made. Um, Don't ever dye your hair less, for your viewers. You... <laughs> it Never. will last longer no, than you anticipated. 
It has now been three yes, months. Yes, it has been three months now, and the blonde is not gone. But it, like now it's so, true okay. frosted tips. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. You look like uh, you look like Guy Fieri. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, you're you're or, no 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 no, no, no. It's, it's 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 a compliment. 90s. You're 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 a dilf. Oh God, dilf now. Oh yeah. Speaking oh, no. of things oh, yeah. that people like to fuck, um, do you ever get like thirst thirsty just DM messages on your TikTok or your Instagram, just from yeah. just a whole bunch of women? Oh, and yeah. men. Do you ever and get men. any crazy ones? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I honestly, if, I, yeah. if I'm being realistic here, I've gotten more from men. Which is that's unfortunate for you. I'm I'm very sorry about that. But <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm flattered. If, Thank if you. you. Don't swing that. But if you don't I, I will not be reciprocated. It's just more of, of a nuisance. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so this one, I get some really weird. I get some really weird ones. Um, Careful, this we are live. This <laughs> this. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> so, this girl gave me a picture of a piece of paper that had some letters on it, but the letters were cut off, so I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, okay, how did, how did you get this? And she was like, okay, so first off, I want to let you know that I am a high-functioning schizophrenic. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, we'll continue the story. <laughs> this is going um, great places at, at already. Least, so, at least she started with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know, no, she started off with that, and she said basically, yeah, so I was just in this uh, um, bottle manufacturing company that I was working at, and this sudden rush of wind appeared, and this paper just slipped into my hands from nowhere, and my friend can attest to this, but she was also zooted out of her mind when she was, uh, so she's a very reliable source, and I was like, oh yeah, some zooted uh, people. Uh, yeah, uh, Okay, okay, yeah, sure, that's, 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 that's fine, that's great, thank you very much, I'm going to block you now, and yeah, that's what I did. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I get more positive interactions, I have a lot of, uh, we'll, we'll call them, quote-unquote, fans, they're really just groupies, um, <laughs> in New York, um, that are very excited to see me when I eventually go over there for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll just, we'll just end it right there. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that, uh, that you've chosen to, uh, do New York, um, instead of, you know, a better city like Philadelphia, but I understand. Um. <laughs> no! No, 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 Okay, okay, okay. It is now time to tell the Smalls Jazz Club story. Okay. What? The Smalls Jazz Club story. Okay. Go so, on. It all started... When I was given press passes to this really big anime convention in New York City, um, I was given like, oh, there's, oh, there's a dog. That's Archie. Very nice. He had to make an appearance. He always does. I see. So I, I, I was going to New York, and I thought, okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna go and get zooted in Times Square. As oh, that's, that's exactly. That's the I best place I to be zooted. Made... I can confirm from past experience. No, actually, I made a whole video about this. Do you guys want to? I did see. To I it? did see the video. Um, yeah. So it basically it just telling that whole story. It was just that whole story. That, that that's the small jazz club story. That's why I love New York. For those of you who don't know, basically, I got invited to this like exclusive underground jazz club by a bunch of TikTok creators, and I got so incredibly not sober that I threw up all over the pianist. Oh, <laughs> that's not. Good. That was that was the story. 
No, 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 no. It, it was a very funny story. <laughs> and the pianist was very understanding. Very understanding. I don't think I've ever um, thrown up but, on somebody. Have I? I feel like you would have been present if I had. Yeah. Not on somebody, but... On some stuff. Yeah, you've thrown up on some, yeah. some stuff. Well, no, um... Are you counting yourself? We have a tendency of throwing no. up on okay. stuff. I, I mean, I've had a few occasions. I usually make it to a toilet or trash can. Yeah, yeah. It's, Nine it's, times out of ten. It's only when substances he's not prepared for occur. Uh, like so, absinthe. Yeah. I, uh, I was at a party sophomore year of college, um... And, uh, for, I would, you know what? I, I will not confirm that. It may not have been sophomore year, uh, for, for legal reasons, but, um, <laughs> I was at a party in college and we were, we were, we were drinking, having a good time. And then, uh, you know, um, somebody was like, Hey, y'all want to do shots of absinthe? And I was <laughs> like, I've never done that before. Might as well. And then I threw up for three hours. Oh, that's not cool. uh, How many shots of absinthe? time. It was a great time up until yeah. that point. How many shots of absinthe did you A do? single shot of absinthe. What we had been drinking all night. Oh, yeah, okay. It wasn't like I took one shot of absinthe sober and was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, no, no, come on. Give me some credit, man. Um, somebody uh, in our in our Discord wants to uh, go shot for shot with me on New Year's Eve, and um, that is that is a very quick uh, ticket to the emergency did room for them. Did you inform him you went 20 for 20? Okay, but I did almost die. Valid. Of, of what, though? Uh, on my 20th birthday, I thought it would be fun to do 20 shots for 20 years. Well, no, 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 no. 20 Whiskey. shots of what? Jack Daniels. Whiskey. Okay, okay. okay. In an hour that's, and a half. That's, that's valid. Also, it's not a good time. So the only thing, the only alcohol that I genuinely enjoy drinking is wine. It's the only thing I do. Wine is a wine nice, fun. wine is a fun drink. Right like, it's fun to be drunk off wine. I understand why Wine makes me, okay, 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 my, wine Makes me pass out, but also makes me go on adventures. So, I was in Britain. Um, I got so drunk that I ended up in Britain. Um, <laughs> where, where did you start? I started off in the humble town of Lafayette, Indiana. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling By me you started of off in Indiana and ended up in the UK? I ended up in... Uh, a nice little place in, in, in Manchester with my good friend Luca. Um, so basically, <laughs> like while the, drunk. the adventure went. Uh, yes. Um, That's an expensive night. So, so the story went like this. One day, so so I, I have to go and paraphrase that the trip was already planned. Okay. I was uh, already going to Britain. I just happened to go while I was drunk. Now, obviously, I was not going to go and drive myself to the airport while I was drunk. No, of course not. I had an Uber. Well, I think the only way I could have gone to the airport was if I called an Uber, because mm. my car was not there when I returned home to Britain. Um, it was at home. So I, I called an Uber, and I was very, very drunk, and I had someone... I. I think I had someone help me out because no way I was doing all that sober. Um, and then I was just very patiently just kind of waiting for, you know, the plane to come. And then, um, yeah, and then I just passed out after that. And then 14 hours later, I was in Manchester and my good friend Luca was convincing me not to pee out of his window. Wait, 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 wait. 
It took you 14 hours to fly to Manchester? Well, yeah, yeah. It took me like 14 hours, yeah. That's like a pretty decent trip. It was like 14 or something else. I can't quite remember the name off the top of my head. It's it's like what? It's like... Six hours from here? No. No, God no. How long did it take you to fly over there? Um, I think like 12. Really? Maybe. My flight... Oh, no. Hey, hey. <laughs> when I was supposed to be going to Wales, my uh, my flight was going to be like what six and a half hours. What are you What? It's okay. It's okay, Archie. It's okay. Archie's very upset. He fears me because he knows I'm more powerful than him. Yeah, every, everyone's more powerful than Archie. Be Valid. We do have a few other super right, chats we haven't super gotten. Chats, yeah. um, we got the one from Iz, uh, and then there's another one from Jive27 for $2. It says, I wouldn't call it war crimes, Aiden. Uh, okay, seems fine. Like we have a bit of a um, debate. Human rights violations. <laughs> uh, also, um, we got another one from Glass for $5. It says, fear zoomies hit different than too much energy zoomies. Uh, not exactly sure what she was referring to. Uh, is said for Fight $2. Tell response. Archie I love him so very much. Pretty please, I will say. Is says she loves you so very much. Got say it. thank you to the camera, Archie. He just, he just maintained eye contact with Aiden. Yes. And then the most recent one is Glass for $5 saying, 20 shots, that's it. Those are rookie numbers, boy. you got to bump those numbers up. You should probably tell what time frame you had 20 of them in. It was 90 minutes. How are you, Mom? <laughs> if, if it makes you feel any better, Mom, if you're watching, um, it was Sam's fault. <laughs> it was Sam's idea. Uh, all good and bad things start and end with Sam. He was there. <laughs> uh, Jive Money says, notice me, Tech Aiden. I've noticed you. Um, he's literally reading your chats. <laughs> oh, he's, he keeps saying, so I, I'm sorry, I've missed it up until now, but he has this one chat that he wants the answer to. Okay. Can you answer this question? I never killed a leprechaun before. Me. You think if I cut one with an open, uh, if you think I cut one open with a knife, that Lucky Charms would spill out? Alex, Alexander Anderson. So I believe he's asking, he's never killed one before, but if he did, and he cut one open with a knife, would Lucky Charms spill out of the innards of a leprechaun? I, I don't think so. From Alexander Anderson. I don't, I don't think so. Aren't you going to get down? I have to turn off the phone. It's going to die. Yeah. Uh, Shiv is saying, on New Year's, we'll be doing more than 20 shots, Aiden. Across the entirety of the day? All right. If it's... Not across the entirety of the day, I'm concerned. Glass said for $10 that in 90 minutes she can do 42 shots before someone has to stop her from taking her top off, apparently. Bye, guys. Uh, Glass, that I don't know whether to be impressed or just genuinely just, like, fearful. Just, uh, just putting that one out there. Um, and then Commander Canada for $5 says, Glass, I don't feel fear unless it takes us several shotgun shells then makes me sleep in a tree stand Friday night. I'm not being specific at all. Canada, why did you capitalize every word in that? Just, just curious. Just, just hey man, let, let, let the man, let the man vibe. I'm just curious. I'm curious. This isn't a place for judgment. It's not judgment. Huh? It's, it's a question that I would be interested to find the answer to. Uh... She's like, I respect that mentality of glass, I assume. Um, 
Does anybody have any more questions for Arm? Yeah. We only have we only have for ten more left. minutes. Yeah. You have questions for him. You have hey hey ten minutes is a long time. My girlfriend told me so. <laughs> Valid. Uh, what else? There was another one somewhere. Oh, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was asking if they put white ash on their hands, would they be able to like beat up a Wendigo, or would they have to use a shovel? I can't remember who was asking. It was I think it was like Cody something. Um. Okay. So the white ash thing. Here's here's the deal with that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that Wendigos aren't real, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Theoretically, according to folklore and tradition, um, if you were to encounter a Wendigo, punching it with white ash on your fists would not kill it. Um, white ash is not um, explicitly mentioned in the sources I've read when it comes to uh, Algonquin folklore and uh, and the, the Wendigo situation. Um, it usually revolves around either uh, cutting out its heart and burning it or uh, using fire to destroy it in some way or another i mean they do they are described by uh ojibwa and um and other related cultures as being uh having like very thin flaky papery skin so it should be very easy to set them on fire uh but i, I mean that's that that is that is where the folklore goes white ash is more related to specifically skinwalkers um in in navajo and ute and hopi uh lore uh, so yeah, a knife coated in white ash. And I think, I believe what it means is white ash from a fire, not a white ash, like as in a, an ash tree. Um, you don't need to use ash tree ashes. It's about the, the fire aspect of it. Also, um, you know, cedar and sandalwood and very aromatic woods are considered wards against these things. Um, in, in traditional, uh, Native American folklore. Which makes sense considering like in, in non-lore speech. Uh, cedar repels a lot of insects, yeah. like mosquitoes and things like that. I mean, it's much the same thing as with silver, you know? Um, you know, silver is, uh, involved in a lot of purification rituals, as is fire. Um, you know, basically anywhere you go in the world, you get some of the same kind of things. The things that are, like, uh, aromatic or, um, very, very pure in nature, like silver and gold, or, uh... Even copper. Know, yeah, and of course fire, which, uh, is... If you're if you're talking about something that doesn't burn like metal, uh, it's it's a very good purifier. Um, I would not recommend like you know if you come in from mud wrestling, I wouldn't recommend lighting yourself on fire to get clean. Uh, we have another one from Glass mm -hmm. for fourteen dollars. She says the demon is still ah the demon is but, still, but he got a new boyfriend. So oh okay yeah no double yeah no impressive yeah good so, for the demon good for the demon. I'm glad he's found love. It's what matters in life. Um, some... We do have to calculate all of these super chats in the next couple days. You know that, right? And uh, Oh, we should go down we the list of do. what the... Oh, yeah. Um, what the thing is. It is, it is the, last, uh, the last podcast for the donation goals. So allow me to bring those up. We have certainly hit the $250 goal. So you guys will be getting Wendigo-themed cocktails. Um, I think we're, we, we might be over the 500. So, uh, the make when does he great again hat will be worn in hot topic. Um, and but you guys are still rather short of the old Greg cosplay and the sexy calendar. Uh, so 
I, I'm I gotta say I'm disappointed, guys. Um, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, we, I we appreciate everything you did. I have us. to do I have to do a rather embarrassing uh, little milestone because um, I got my account back. Yes. I have to go and provide my Discord server with a whole gigabyte of feet pics. That's a <laughs> lot of feet pics, or one very very large and dense foot pic. Just like I am, I'm hopefully leaning towards the latter. I looked up how much a gigabyte is. I'm not very tech savvy. I looked up how much a gigabyte is. That's a lot of feet pics. Yes, it's either a lot of feet pics or like maybe a, a feet gif. Yeah, it's like a gigabyte of feet pics would be like, like a high quality image runs around five megabytes. Well, it depends on how big that high quality image is, though. I was gonna say because I've seen like from your phone. All right, then it's about, what, like 250? Two, no, it'd be like 200 feet picks then. God damn. Roughly. It's a lot of feet picks. A little over 200. Yeah. Oh, real quick from uh, is she says, uh, she, because she's a member of the Lore Lodge on YouTube, she's, mm -hmm. she can do a member uh, super chat. And she's oh. like, ooh, this is fun. Basically a free super chat. It's a uh, free chat? Basically, well, because she's a member, so she, oh, she pays so cool. for the thing, whatever. Um, and she says, as always, I will buy I have the form. The I have the form. It's in my car. I will be dropping it off tomorrow. I promise you. I went, you I will be able to mail us by the end of the week. It's just a recurring bit at this point. I've made you things. Oh, we can't wait to see the things you've made. We are excited for that. We'll, um, we'll put them on display somewhere. I Just so that it's not all on me, there was the option for Aiden to do this at any point. You know, I never really thought about that. <laughs> You could have done it. I would have. I could. It's fine. I have the form. I have my two forms of ID. Uh, before we go, I think that's the last super chat. So before we go, Aram, um, we are putting together a couple of things. One is uh, a a uh, archaeology, history, anthropology, TikTok, and YouTube uh, Civ Five game. If you're interested in that, uh, you know, I wanted to okay. let you know about Wait, it. Is this, this is a game. Yes, we'll be we'll be Twitch streaming, but we'll be playing Civ Five together. Um, we just thought it would be fun, fun for us, and also fun for the viewers. Uh, but I have um, no idea how to play Civilization Five. If neither you guys I do. Can provide me with the neither copy. does he. I'm gonna learn. I'm bad if at it. You guys, if you guys provide me a copy with it, I will play with you and I will carry I we, the game. For I you. think we could do that. I think we could pull that off. It shouldn't be too expensive. Um, and the other thing is we're looking at doing uh, a, a Dungeons & Dragons game as well. So you are also, of course, invited I to that. I love Dungeons & Dragons. There's this... I always use the... I'll have to be with you. I always use the exact same character. That's fine. I've never uh, played. In all of my... You've never played? Yeah, I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. This, this shocks everybody uh, I talk to. I've played like once. So I, whatever you use, I will probably be impressed. Um, yeah, I played once and it was okay. a one-off and it just... It was really yeah. entertaining. I watched. Uh, who's gonna be? Who's gonna be the dungeon master then? Um, is is uh, is Glass gonna do it? I think Glass offered to do it. Wade also was interested. So mm. was Sean. So we might have one of our good friends who's very experienced with uh, D and D do it. Um, depending on who wants to write the campaign and whatnot, but uh, we we are getting together a group. Um, several people have already expressed interest. So uh, I'm putting together a team. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a very particular yes. skill. All right. Well, that is unless there's anything more. Uh, uh, there was one from Jive that said, "I used two terabytes of data on my phone this month." What about you guys? 
I have no idea. I have no idea how you would possibly even do that. I have no idea how you. Are, are you running like a a business using your hotspot? No, he's just watching a lot of Netflix. I guess. Yeah, that's what are you doing? HD. Me? Oh no, sorry. I've just I've switched to my computer because this has no, no, no. We were better voice quality. We were talking about one of our uh, one of our viewers said he used two terabytes of data this month, which I just don't understand. I I don't think I could do that. That's like if somebody handed me a billion dollars and said, "Spend all of this." I don't think I could. Are you Are you kidding me? What the hell would I buy with a billion dollars? You'd spend a billion in a day. No, I don't think you realize how much a billion is, Aiden. There are some yachts that are three hundred and fifty million. Okay. <laughs> how many yachts are you gonna buy? That one plus a good amount of land and a couple houses. You know how much land you could buy for seven hundred million dollars? Yeah, a lot. It's a lot of land. Yeah. It's, a, it's a significant amount of land. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I, <laughs> okay. If, just, just shut wait, up. No, shut, no, just, we we got a plug. If anybody wants to supply me the funds to do it, I bet that I can spend a billion dollars within twenty four hours. Just putting that out there. It's gonna blow it all on. On. Anyways, yeah. plug. So plug, Aram. Uh, we're reaching the end of the show, so it is your opportunity to plug yourself. Uh, do what? Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, anything. Go go for it. Hit us with that. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, just basically, just pretty much, I'll find you. Oh, okay. Well, Alrighty then. I mean, I did, I did plug you. You won't earlier. find me. Uh, you won't find me. We will you be. You can't find me. We will put your socials in the I description will find of the video. You. <laughs> uh, all right. Also, don't yeah. open your. Your, your living room closet. It'll spoil the surprise. <laughs> well, I don't have a living room closet, so... Uh, Do people have Who does have a living right room closet? Now you don't. Alright, well, on that highly disconcerting note... Um, Buenas noches, mis amigo Thornberry. We'll be expecting you in 18 plus. Okay. I'll be there! So, this is Aiden Thornberry. Aiden Thornberry's uh, socials are Director Aiden on everything? Uh, anything that is relevant and... Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously you are watching the Lore Lodge YouTube channel, so that is where we do all of uh, our YouTube content from uh, history to folklore. We might launch a theology show as well. Uh, I, I have a I have a person I would want to do it with. Yeah. Um, ah. So uh, if we do that, we will come up with some witty pun uh, for for that. The yeah, theology tent. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> As well as our story time videos, of course. Uh, if you love what we're doing, you can subscribe to us here on YouTube uh, through the, the member function. Or you can follow us, subscribe to us on Patreon. We have $1 through $100 tiers. If you sign up for the $1 tier, we will love you. If you sign up for the $100 tier, we will worship you. Um, there's currently one of you. Um, you know who you are, and we worship you every night. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, and then, other than that, uh, I am the Aiden Mattis on everything. So, uh, that, that I think, uh, finishes, finishes, uh, us pegging ourselves. Um, so, uh, what? Sorry? What? Uh, <laughs> so... Matriarchy, what? Yes. All right, so. What's once again... pegging? Oh, God, what did I say that? Once again.